Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes football beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Great, great. You don't mean that. (laughs) (laughs) Great and tired. Uh, Also on the line this week, we've got uh, Michelle Kaufman, our occasional guest here, covers uh, Hurricanes basketball for us, among a lot of other things at the Herald. Obviously, it's an athletic director hunting season, so uh, it's a full full athletic department uh, endeavor. Uh, so we've got Michelle on. She's obviously been covering this as well for us. Michelle, how's it going? It's going fine. We're waiting like everybody else. Yeah, right. Uh, that, that's kind of, I guess, where we got to start because we are now, we're recording this. It's about 2.30. It is 2.37 p.m. I feel like I should put the very specific timestamp. <laughs> on this on Thursday because it feels like uh, things are changing every 20 minutes or whatever. Um, but so now we're more than two weeks out from Blake James uh, being let go. We are five days, four and five days out from the end of the regular season uh, where Manny Diaz is just kind of flailing in limbo here uh, out on the road recruiting. Uh, not a good situation, um, but it's just the waiting game, right? You know, there's obviously been a lot of reporting, both from you guys and pretty much everyone else who's ever met someone who uh, donates money to the University of Miami, it feels like. Um, but obviously all that reporting is the, the basic takeaway, as, as you guys wrote today, is like we're still just kind of waiting. Like there's a lot of different ways this could go. There's a lot of different uh, factions within the athletic department with different points of view and different preferences. Um and there's not a clear indication right now, at least that you guys have, you guys or anyone else has reported of where this is going to land. Uh, I don't know who wants to take the lead here, but just let's start, I guess, by summarizing the reporting from today and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'll start. This is Michelle. Um, you know, I think, yeah, the, the main takeaway is that as of 2.38 p.m. now, there is no consensus and there's no decision yet. Um, as is the case with everything in Miami, whether it be politics or sports, it's very hard to get a consensus in the 305. It always has been. This is nothing new. Um, you know, everybody, the only consensus is that most people associated with athletics or who care about UM athletics are not satisfied. That is, that is there is a consensus for that. Uh, They're not satisfied with where the department is right now and where the football team is right now. So then the question is, what do they do to fix it? And that's where all the different opinions come in. And so, uh, you know, people out there may be saying, why is it taking so long? Why haven't they hired an AD already? Why haven't they, you know, whatever. And the reason is there are different groups, different points of view within the inner circle of decision makers about what, the priority should be even to the point of what order, you know, they were originally, you know, supposedly they were going to hire the AD first and the AD would, in which would make logical sense that you would hire an AD and the AD would be involved in the search and the hiring of a coach. Now with the timing being what it is, uh, there are people within that group who are pushing hard to let's focus on the coach first Let's get the coach we want first because they are at more of a premium and every day they're disappearing with this coaching carousel that's going on around the country, this ever fluid, ever changing list of coaches. 
So there are people within the circle who say, let's focus on the coach right now. Let's go at the coach we want. And then after that, we can figure out who the AD should be, an AD that would fit in with who this coach is and what the plan is. And the second part of this that's really at the root of all of it is the division between the two groups. I will I'll, you know, summarize them into two groups. There's one group that thinks that football, the football coach is the problem. And that if you fix the football coach and get you on football in the national conversation, everything else will be fixed because the, the boosters will come back, the fans will fill the stadium, the university and, and the athletic department will make tons of money. And with that money, they'll be able to make the improvements they want. The other group thinks that the problem is not the coach, that Manny Diaz is doing okay, considering the limitations, and that the limitations is what needs to be addressed more, which means that we should spend, you know, what they're saying is we should spend our money on upgrading and modernizing the department and bringing it up to date with the other elite programs that are that are doing a better job, quite frankly, of name, image, and likeness, you know, retaining players, recruiting better, and especially in this day of the transfer portal where the players are just, athletes are so mobile and have the flexibility to go from one school to another, you know, at the flip of a switch. So I have spoken to people within the athletic department who say that that, is the biggest problem is that the UM cannot compete for recruits, not only in football, but in all the sports. UM cannot recruit against the elite programs that are sending on their recruiting visits, sending their coaches with NIL packets, marketing, slick marketing packets that have been tailor made for the specific athlete and saying, here, if you come here, we've got you set up with a sponsorship with this company. You're going to make this much money. You're going to make this much money. And the UM coaches are showing up and saying, we have really nice weather. We have small classrooms. We have good academics. And we have a really good sports tradition and a family atmosphere. That in this day and age is not really working with a lot of the top athletes, the elite athletes. And so some people within that circle of decision makers feels like replacing Manny Diaz is not going to change any of that, that you can plug any coach, even a Mario Cristobal, Lane Kiffin, anybody fill in the blank. You can fill that spot with any coach and the program is still not going to reach the top because of all the other limitations and that those things need to be addressed first. And then, you know, the other stuff is secondary. So there really are just fundamental philosophical differences between this small group of people that are advising the president and making these decisions. Yeah, I, Michelle said it perfectly. <laughs> um, yeah, and you can, you can definitely see both perspectives, right? Because yes, how, yes, many, yeah. how many coaches, how many football, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep this specific to football right now because obviously that's what's driving everything. Um, I, how many, yeah, I think it's football. Yeah. How many football coaches have there been in the last 20 years? And pretty much none of them have worked. And you can make the case that uh, there were none of them were home run. The home run higher on the level that Mario Cristobal would be, except for maybe, I guess, Mark Richt would fall in that category. And Mark Richt actually, I think, kind of worked out pretty well, even if he didn't reach the heights, obviously. Well, they um, reached number two. They yeah, reached, they reached number, number two, two very briefly. They were on national yep. TV. It was college game day. 
The fans were there for the ESPN college game day. Everyone in the country was talking about the turnover chain. Yeah. They did reach, they did reach a point where everyone said they're back, they're back, they're back. That's true, Michelle. And then it all fell apart. Right. Yes. And we don't have much help playing in that, but uh, this, I don't want to get too much into the, my, my point there is basically we've had a lot of coaches here at Miami and none of them have worked. You can make a case that it's because it's been five straight bad to whatever hires. Um, but you could also obviously like like half the athletic department, as you're saying, or half the decision makers are saying um, you could make the case that it is, you know, just an, a, something structurally wrong. And but the, the, the problems are deeper. I right, think the, the question is, is the football coach the problem or are the problems in this athletic department deeper than that? And there are a lot of people in there who think that the problems are deeper than just, you know, Wave a you know wave an airplane banner say fire this guy they fire him they hire another one everyone's excited two years three years later they fire that one they hire another one I wrote a column the other day you know I got blasted by a lot of people I don't care you know the idea that I was there I was in the room and Susan was too when they hired Randy Shannon everyone was excited I was in the room when they hired Mark Richt super excitement for that one they paid him four million dollars. Because the word before was UM doesn't spend money on its coach and they're never going to have a good coach. They spent $4 million on Mark Richt and here we are. Then everyone was excited when they hired Manny Diaz and here we are. So at some point you start to, you know, insanity is when you keep doing the same thing over and over to the same, you get the same results. That's the, that's the definition of insanity. So some people feel like we've changed the coach every three years you know, for the last 10 years, every three years, there's a coaching change and the records have been almost identical. They're still not in the national championship conversation. They haven't even won the ACC. So there must be something deeper than that wrong with the program. That's what some people think. Right. Maybe it is coaching. I, I, I'm just devil's advocate here. Maybe, maybe it, you know, some of it, um, is, are the kids getting better? I don't know. Are the, yeah, I mean, that, that's, I guess, I, I, the one argument that the coaching I, side, the, the all you need to do is fix a football coach, is the argument that, you know, Randy Shannon was a guy who had not had a lot of experience. Manny Diaz obviously had no experience as a head coach. Right. Um, you know, Mark Richt was the one exception, like we said, and probably that was the best stretch Miami had. Um, you know, you can Except even, yeah. Hiring Mario Cristobal would be a, a different level higher. My, my worry here is um, – if we're if Miami is worried about doing the same thing over and over again, isn't the problem like is this decision making or the decision makers the problem? Is it the problem where it's this, you know, obviously part of it is the coach, whatever, part of it is the athletic director, which are trying to replace. But um, I don't know, it, and maybe that's where some of this divide comes in, the idea that some people want to do something new and some people are kind of stuck in their ways um and want the Miami guy, right? Like, and and that's when you, Michelle, you compared it to like Miami politics, basically, it, it feels so much like the like um, any political story you read in the Miami Herald. Uh, it is a political story. It is, it is yeah. a political it story is. because it is. And, it, and there are and there is a tendency in politics in this city and everywhere, probably, but definitely in this city, which is where I grew up. And, you know, I grew up here. I went to high school here and I've been covering this city for a long time. And, uh, you know, with the soccer, with the football, with whatever, it doesn't matter, stadium issues, whatever the case may be, the Marlins stadium, the Inter Miami stadium, the should UM get its own stadium, all these issues. At the end of the day, there are deep rooted 
agendas and deep rooted feelings and emotions that people have in this city. And they have a hard time letting those go. And I think, you know, in the case of UM football, and I was, I was, I'm a UM alum. Okay. I was there from 1983 to 87. I was there for two national championships. I was there for the glory days with Bernie Kosar and Vinny Testaverde were the quarterbacks when I was there. Those were amazing times and everybody wants to grab onto that and get that back. Alonzo Highsmith was there when I was there. I know him well. Melvin Bratton, you know, Danny Stubbs, all those guys, George Myra. Um, those were amazing times and it was so much fun. Everyone was flying the banner around the city. It was so exciting. Everyone wants that again. Everybody affiliated with UM wants that again. The younger people at UM, students, they've never even experienced it. They have to look up in history books to see that. But those of us who are old enough to remember it, it was a magical time for UM sports, UM football at that time. The thing is how to get back to that. Some people just want to try to replicate how that team came together and what they did back then. And I think anyway, that college athletics now, and not only college athletics, generationally, no offense, David, because you're much younger than us, the younger at the younger generation just does everything differently from people that are 56 years old now, which is my age and the age of Alonzo Highsmith and some of these other guys. We're all in our mid 50s. And back then, and I think this is fundamental and needs to be pointed out back then, UM had no facilities. They had one strip of grass called the Green Tree Practice Field, and that's it. There was no indoor bubble. There was no outdoor bubble. There was nothing. There was a strip of grass. It was a piece of crap. And then they had a gym that looked like a garage with dead weights, you know, free weights sitting on the ground with big giant dumbbells. And, and the thing is, the guys back then, the Alonzo Highsmiths and Melvin Brattons and Danny Stubbs and all those guys, they took pride. They actually took pride in the fact that we had nothing at UM and they were going to go kick the behinds of the big programs of the Notre Dames and the Oklahomas and the Nebraskas, because they took pride in that. They're like, we're from Miami. We don't have anything and we're going to kick your ass. Okay. Nowadays, the recruits, they're not coming here because they have such great pride in Miami and the 305. I mean, some of them may, I'm not going to say all, but the young people today, they want stuff. They want things. They want material, tangible stuff. They want to know what are you, you know, what am I going to get? And the NIL ties right into this. What kind of, what kind of sponsorships am I going to get? What kind of money am I going to get? How am I going to monetize my, my talents? Uh, you know, what does my locker look like? How many iPads do I get? How many uniform combinations do you have? You know, the facilities now are so much better yeah. beyond a hundred times better than what they were in 1983. And yet the football team was better in 1983. So the, the yeah, Michelle, I've, it's, it's, I'll tell you what else is different. Okay. It's a different world. Okay. There's, there was no internet back then. There, there was no, there was no social media back then. And I, and, and David knows David covers recruiting. I mean, the, the, the whole world became smaller. Yeah. yeah. So they might be, pre so, um, you know, they, yeah, a coach in Oregon can see a you. A coach in Oregon can see a Miami kid 
as easily as a Miami coach can see a Miami kid. Yeah, I mean, it's... And, yeah, and Butch, then, Butch Davis finding Ed Reed when he has two other offers can't happen ever again. Exactly, right. exactly. Right. I mean, it's it's a, it, everything is different, but I do think yes. that computer age or whatever you want to call it has changed a lot of things. And it's more than just the... Uh, I, I agree with you about the things and all that and the marketing, but it's just such a different world now that those guys when everybody was happy and it was so insular, you know, and, and they, you know, that their world was kind of the only world. Yeah. Miami. So I, I think it's a good part point to transition to some of the names that are out there that you guys have reported. Obviously there was Eddie Nunez from New Mexico who uh, yesterday said he's staying at New Mexico. Um, well, he said that as well, of yesterday. That. As no, of, he didn't yeah. say that. He, he never said he was staying, David. Mexico. He, Sorry, said, he said, right he's... now I am committed, committed to, to New Mexico. Committed to New Mexico. Yeah. Remember Nick Saban said he's yeah. not going to Alabama? Okay. Oh, Nick Saban and, no, and how about everybody? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously uh, okay. things can always change. Um, but... I mean, that, that, that situation, I'm still not convinced. I, I don't know anything in particular, but I, I, I still have a, like, I totally would not be surprised if, if, he just, uh, you know, he just, he, he has to keep it lay low kind of yeah. with her term and see. Right. What or, right. Or it's possible they told him they're going in a different direction. Right. What I don't think, what I really don't think that happened I is that a this. Miami guy whom I know for a fact was interested in this job yeah. at New Mexico would say, you know what? Eh, yeah. I'm, I'd rather stay with the Lobos rather than go back to my hometown to a, a University of Miami, uh, to a place that I have deep ties to, where my right. family is, and where I have expressed interest in the job. Yeah, that is what I don't think. Yeah, I'll, I'll say you know I haven't been doing reporting here, so I think I can I can feel more easy to interject my opinion. But when I saw him give that press conference or whatever in New Mexico, like five hours after Manny Navarro from the Athletic reported he had pulled his name out of consideration, I, I was like, all right, this guy did, didn't get the job. They, they picked someone else or. Told or, him or or he didn't pull his name out. Right. Yeah, he didn't pull his name out. He pulled his name out. I'm I'm not sure they really know if he pulled his name out. I, I really I, I don't believe it yet. Okay. Anyway, all right. So we got him. He's kind of the old school administrator, like from Miami guy, like you said, Michelle. Um, you know, just knows how to run an athletic department, whatever. I, I don't know a whole lot about yeah, except that all this kind of stuff, but he's been running yeah. New Mexico. Uh then the two other names out there are Alonzo Highsmith and, and Gino Toretta, which uh, that, those are the two I wanted to talk about with the, the topic we were just talking about before this, uh, with the idea of obviously a lot, and I don't want to group them together entirely because Alonzo is still involved in football, obviously very heavily working for the Seattle Seahawks. Like, right. he's an old school guy, but he knows what works in football today, even if it's not necessarily college football recruiting, all that kind of stuff. Um, he's a talent evaluator. Yeah, exactly. So he evaluates college players, by right. the way. So he knows yeah, what he's college dealing with young, like. right? And he deals with football players on a daily basis. So and he knows. Yeah. I think I yes. think those two are going to get lumped in when, when we talk together. When we talk about um, the like, football guy, yeah. yeah. For, well, in the old school, like, are we just doing the same thing over and over? You know, we're trying to get back to the glory days. We're so focused on the past, um, but. Uh, one thing that has been reported, I, I can't remember if you guys specifically reported or Susan or Barry or anyone, but um, the the idea that they could bring a guy like Alonzo in with a more traditional athletic director like Nunez or someone like him 
Um, right. Does that still feel like that is a possibility in play here? I think everything's a possibility. <laughs> I think there are some, again, going back to the division, the divided camps, there is a camp that that would like a two-headed, you know, so that that thinks that football needs its own administrator and then another administrator can be in charge of business and the other sports. And then there are people who say, no, you need one person because otherwise the football person is always going to be, you know, kneecapping or overshadowing the other athletic director. And no athletic director is going to want to have that person breathing down their neck. So I think there are, again, two schools of thought on that. Susan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think there's the, there's the bring in the, the, the real football expert. Um, I don't know, example might be Alonzo, let's say, and whether he's old school or no, or new school. Okay. Who knows that community who really knows um, the players and, and the program and, and, and all that stuff. Um, but then if you bring that person in like an Alonzo or whomever, I don't know, uh, then, and then, um, if you have an, if you do hire another administrator, like an AD or something, it's a very low profile or I shouldn't say very, but I, yeah, no major athletic director yeah. um, or really high profile Mario Cristobal that it could be, I mean, he's a very strong, strong recruiter. Um, he could, they, if maybe they think if they get he's going to want to say in the AD, you know, he's, he's going to want it in a way, pick the AD because actually he's going to have, it's going to either be someone he really likes and gets along with already or somebody that he has more power with. I could see that happening actually as one of the scenarios. I don't know if I brought in another scenario here, but. <laughs> I don't know if that works. I don't know if that has ever worked in the history of college sports, but I'm not going to put it past Miami trying it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's really, there's a power struggle. Let's face yeah. it. Just like we just talked, we started talking about politics. <clears throat> the question at the end of the day is, who has the most power in that boardroom to influence the president of the university to pull the trigger on what they're going to do? And then who's going to have more power in that athletic department? Is it going to be the football coach or is it going to be the athletic director? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to have, you know, or do they think the athletic director job in this day and age is not what it was when Sam Jankovic was here and Paul D. And it's a job that requires more than one person because too many things, my opinion, I would never in a million years want to be an athletic director right now. I mean, you are in charge of everything yeah. from, from 
hiring all the coaches and retaining and making sure that the teams are all good and winning, that's one thing. But then you're dealing with improvements of facilities, you're dealing with NIL, you're dealing with transfer portal, you're dealing with so many business. It's a very, very big business now, college athletics, if you're going to do it at the elite level. And, you know, I don't know that one person is suited for all of that. I don't know that one person really can very successfully handle those very, very different skill sets. I think there could be someone who's a great business person and would have all the skill sets to do the business and marketing and all that side. And then someone else who really knows sports and knows not only in football, but when is a team struggling or when is a team just building, whether it be the tennis team, the basketball team or the football team, you know, someone who really understands sports to know when is the right time to change a coach or when is, when is a team succeeding or when is a team not excel that if you don't really know anything about sports? I think you, I think you have to get a, to me at Miami, the, to me, you're right, Michelle, this, the, there's probably a lot wrong with that athletic department, but I think it's all comes down to football. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think football is the, is the nut of what everything, of why this is happening. And I think uh, to me in a major, I know UM's is kind of a small school, but in a major program, uh, the football coach has the power. Yeah. To me, if it's between the football coach and, or usually does, I would think. And by the way, Michelle, I agree with you. Also, the NCAA stuff um, is huge also, you it's know? It's very complicated. And, very and keeping, complicated. Yeah. And, and Blake James, by the way, kept that, kept you on from getting more sanctions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. After Devin Shapiro. So he did do a good job with that. But I do think and he also improved the facilities. The facilities were modernized a lot yes. under Blake. Yes. And a lot of the people, to his credit, uh, I've talked to people in the department, coaches and other people involved in the in the athletic department. And they all when you mention anything about Blake James, they talk about the facilities that the facilities were very antiquated and very, very antiquated. And they have come up to speed you know, with the, with the, you know, all of the, the entire heck center was a, a dump. It was a dump and uh, you know, all the football facilities and all that stuff. So the basketball, so, you know, the facilities have definitely been upgraded. Yeah. I, I think it's important, like going back to what you were saying, Susan, with the important, there's the, the power that football has and should have. I mean, if Miami football isn't what Miami football is in the 1980s, then the university of Miami is like FIU from an athletic standpoint. Like it's, there's no, you know, no other team. Baseball obviously was good um, for oh, a long time, but yes. you know, you don't, you don't become an ACC Power Five conference school based off of baseball. It's football or basketball, and basketball historically has, you know, what not been to the NCAA tournament a lot. Only been in the Sweet Sixteen a handful of times. It's all football, um, which is why, like, I, I kind of, I, I kind of, I, I I'm. I kind of like the, the two headed monster idea. I mean, if you get like, like you were saying, maybe a really strong AD, you know, Tom Jurich is a guy we talked about. I have no idea if he's in the search. His name hasn't been reported at all. Um, but you know, like a guy like that who clearly knows what he's doing, like sure. But if you're going to just kind of get an administrator, you got to have a football guy in there too. Um, before we wrap up, I want to read a Brett McMurphy tweet uh, from just now. Uh, my multiple Miami AD candidates told the action network, the UM search is a quote mess with more than 50 board of trustees and several donors involved. 
quote, everyone is in charge, no one is in charge. Um, anyway. That's what we said. That's, yeah, that's, that's what we said. said in our story. Yeah, okay, exactly. so you, you, guys, you guys think that's, that's right. That's exactly what our story said that we yeah, posted. And, but that, yeah. that there are a lot of chiefs, there are a lot of chiefs in that meeting and a lot of opinions and some strong personalities in that room. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a power struggle. And, and, you know, I, I think there really are different opinions from very influential, big personalities. And uh, the president, at the end of the day, at the end of the day of all of this craziness, the big question is, who is Julio Frank going to listen right. to? Is he going to just take the advice? Of, because his two advisors <clears throat> are Rudy Fernandez and Echeverry. Excuse me. Those are the two guys who are his advisors. And I think at the end of the day, I think because Julio Frank has flat out said, I'm not an expert on sports. I'm delegating that to these two men to do the research for me and, and advise me on what to do. Whatever those two guys tell him, that's what he's going to do. And everyone right now is in the stage of trying to influence those two guys. Yeah, I think Michelle's 100 percent right. David, I think those are the two, those are the two key guys. Yeah. Right. So the one thing I think when like mess gets thrown around, like, like all in the end, it's going to be one decision. Right. And obviously people have a lot of different opinions, um, but it's going to come down to, like you said, there are decision makers in place. It's not like there's going to be 30 people that all like are calling athletic directors and be like, Hey, we're hiring you. Like it's going to come down to one decision. Um, It is, it can look like a mess when it's a, like big process. Right. And I think the one, the, the things that there's, there's two things that's making this situation look a lot worse than, than it probably is behind the scenes. Uh, one is like you mentioned at the top, Michelle, the coaching carousel where uh, you know, Lincoln Riley has already gone to USC. Florida has already hired Billy Napier. L, uh, LSU is already Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly. And, and my, I mean, my Manny Diaz might not be the coach on Wednesday and like, we have no idea, or he might be the coach in three years from now. If, he comes back and does well enough next year. Like it's an absolute mess. Um, you know, recruiting, as you mentioned, like he's going into houses right now. And yeah, and he can't you know, even. Kids are asking, "What's up?" And he's like, I, "All I can tell you is I'm the coach here right now." Which, like, right? They can't even if they ask him uh, December fifteenth on signing day, are you going to be the coach? I don't know. No, I, all I can tell you is right now I am the coach, and they're you know they're hosting official visitors this weekend. Like it is, it's a messy situation. And the other thing is. Um, you know, the fact that we're not even that, just the fact that we're five days out from the end of the regular season right now. Um, you fired Blake James almost three weeks ago and it like can feel yeah. like they went in with abs, like they fired him with no idea of who the replacement was going to be, which it, it definitely feels which that does not work in college football. Like you've got to know, you got to have some plan, even if it's not the plan you're going to go with. Um, and I don't know, like we all, one of the, the biggest thing I think we all said when it happened was they got to move quickly because the early signing period is December 15th. And if you screw up a recruiting class, like it's, we've seen it, it can set you back really far. The, the, the best teams mm-hmm. in the country don't screw up recruiting classes in the way that Miami is on, on the verge of doing it. I think that's huge. I mean, they could lose this recruiting class big time because, you know, even if they hire someone tomorrow, uh, if they were to decide to make a change and hire someone tomorrow, which this group is moving so slowly, I don't know. But if let's say they were, that person still has under two weeks. They have like 12 yeah. days, <laughs> yeah. 12 days. I mean, yeah. you know, they're, they're way behind. They're way behind. And then if it's Manny, I mean, 
Manny has not been given any assurance by anybody that he's going to be the coach. So he's going around recruiting for, for a university that has not given him any assurance that he's going to be the coach. Yeah. So Hopefully it's a by very December bad 15th, situation. We'll know whether he's going to be the coach, but uh, I'm not even sure about that. Right. Like, I, I'm yeah, sure I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not sure about that either. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, not an ideal situation for anyone. Uh, I think Manny is is in a really, really, really tough spot right now. They got to find an offensive coordinator. They can't start doing that yet. Um, no. You know, there's there's kids <laughs> making commitments this weekend. You know, one of their biggest targets is uh, make Miami Central linebacker Wesley Besaint is supposed to commit on Saturday. I asked him, "What do you do about Miami?" He's like, "I don't know." <laughs> like it's it's just a terrible situation. Um, it feels like we're operating on Miami time in the Miami athletic department search. Yes. It all fits right in with three Oh five. It's, it's yep. political. It's late. It's messy, but it's interesting. Oh, right? It's Miami's interesting. not boring. Well, and the other one thing, thing is, I will give you, Miami and, is never boring. And you know, the people who are involved in this search, who are talking to reporters, their personalities, cause they're Miamians, So they're not afraid to share their opinion whether it's uh, on the record, like Dan Lambert, who's been uh, talking to Barry Jackson uh, oh my God. again, or if it's just the board of trustees, people talking to you or anyone else off the or, or Or David, it's fun. I'm looking at Brett's tweet. It, you know, it's multiple Miami candidates. 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 <laughs> so, right. uh, but who knows? Multiple could be two, you know? Right, so exactly. The search is a, quote, mess. It's the actual candidates, which is really funny. Yeah, so it's um, I think I I tend to think the reporting probably sounds worse than it is behind the scenes because of like because like you said, Michelle, there's a lot of personalities in that room who are not afraid to share their opinion with anyone who will listen to it. Um, And and David, uh, David, I by the way, I'm I'm I was gonna use that late the Miami time late thing, but (laughs) wrote down what I wrote down what Michelle said. It's political. It's late. It's messy. But not boring. I, I'm gonna use when they when they decide that's gonna lead. I just want everybody to know. That sure. should be like that should be like the welcome to Miami sign, like when you drive <laughs> into the city limits. That's good. <laughs> we're messy. We're late. Political, we're, late, messy. We're political, but, late, and messy. But but we're never like, boring. But never boring. Never boring. Yeah. Never uh, boring. Uh, you guys spicy. have talked to a, a lot of people, so I don't want to make it sound like you're just. Feed, you know, you're just listening to one or two sources here, and and uh, no, Karen, right. you've, you've got you've talking to all the different factions. Maybe there's even factions we don't know about, but you've got I think the big ones covered, and and you guys have been covering this really well. Uh, so you can check that all out at MiamiHerald.com. Um, I think every day a story will post with something like the latest on Miami's AD search. So click on that <laughs> one and make sure you have the right day because it is changing, as we said, uh, every ten minutes it feels like. The Brett McCurdy tweet happened in the right. middle of a recording. It's just to give you the idea. Well, Brett, everybody's <laughs> trying to get a tweet out so because he's already got like a thousand whatever response. Yeah. You put a tweet out and you're popular. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. You can follow Michelle on Twitter at Cough Sports, right? Yeah. Yep. With one F. Uh, one so, F. So uh, you can follow them there. They've got this covered for you. Check the Miami Herald every day. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe by the time you guys are listening to this, there'll be an AD and you can just relive this, this fun, <laughs> wacky search uh, with us. Um, but until next week, I guess we'll talk next time. They, hopefully they'll have an athletic director next time we talk and uh, we can, we can run down what, what it actually means for uh, 
Manny Diaz and, and every everybody else in the athletic department. Not to mention the bowl, the bowl. We're going to find out what bowl they're in. That's fine. I yeah. get, we don't have to go into that. But no, I, we, we have no idea where they're going to. It's also kind of Miami time. It's going to be slow and we'll figure it out in the end. Right. <laughs> and right. no one's going to care because all they care about is the AD and the football coach. Exactly. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Thanks as always. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs>